This is LGBT Time with Chuck on WERU-FM 89.9. This is a youth-led podcast that is produced by Outmain. We're continuing our conversation on gender today um, and furthering our discussion into safety as a trans person. A lot of trans people are asked invasive questions while out in public or by people who are curious and don't mean any harm. And often these questions don't seem invasive to the people asking them. For example, trans people are often asked what they were born as or what parts they have and questions like that. So if anybody has any perhaps interesting answers to that question or a go-to that they use to either ensure their safety or shut down the conversation, I personally normally just tell people that it's none of their business and either leave or hope somebody else starts talking. But I've heard some creative responses, so. Yes, so I have been asked, not always directly, but actually through my friends, um, because they don't want to ask me directly because some part of them knows that that's not okay to ask, but they still ask it anyway. And I didn't really know how to respond. And I think when I was younger and I first came out I just didn't respond or was just like just leave me alone like I don't want to talk to you about this but it has come up where people want to know my dead name very often and there was one time where a friend actually like looked me in the face it was like what was your other name and I just looked at him and I was like it's none of your damn business <laughs> And that's the truth. And so that's what I did. And I felt very gutsy, but it was truth because it was very rude to ask and none of their business um, unless I feel comfortable talking about it. And that's the main point is what makes the person comfortable talking about. Thank you. I've also experienced a lot of people asking me what my dead name is in the past. I was in the same school district for the entirety that I was in school. So most of the people around me already knew and asking questions like that were kind of a way to purposefully get on my nerves if they could. I kind of want to talk, I want to talk a little bit about why asking for somebody's dead name or what their body is like, why that's an invasive question. Because for most people, it's just who you are and what you look like. But it's, it's not always like that for trans people. Have any thoughts? Personally, I think that questions like that are invasive because trans people are so diverse and everyone is always expecting a certain answer when they ask a question like that. They, for example, somebody would want to hear a feminine name if they asked me what my dead name was or would want a certain answer about what my body is like. And often that's not the answer that you can give and it's not that simple. And it's too much to explain, especially to a stranger. Starting a social transition is a very complicated process. And a lot, of, a lot of things are involved that you wouldn't typically think would be. For example, when a lot of people transition, they change their name or their pronouns and other words that they want to be referred to as. And in school, this can be very, very difficult because not all administration is going to be supportive of you and want 
what you want. So if, if your administration hasn't been supportive in the past, what may you have done to, to get the support that you needed? Or alternatively, what other routes did you take to avoid going straight to administration? Mocha? So um, I came out when I was before high school and I was socially male all of high school. I still, I mean, I came out and I started transitioning socially, um, which I was really excited about and able to do in high school, which was really cool. But I did have to work with the people at my school to tell them hey, this like affects me a lot when you call me the wrong name and you don't do anything about it. That really upsets me and I really don't like it. And this is why. And just that's the way I did it was I explained this isn't okay. This makes me feel awful. I don't feel respected. I don't feel like me. It's not my fault that my name isn't legally changed. I can't do anything about that. And people would argue, not argue, but disagree with me because it wasn't legally changed, that they couldn't do anything, which is just not true. Yeah. And then I had the email problem, which didn't get fixed until I was a senior in high school. So anyone that emailed me could just know my dead name anytime they wanted um, because it was in my email all four years of high school. So even if I was stealth or just like didn't want to tell certain people, they could still find out right away. And for that, I had to go with another person for like maybe the third or fourth time that I talked to them about the email and have her also say, this is important and you should pay attention to this because it's not like, it doesn't have to be a legal thing. It's literally an email. Like, it's it's really small stuff that a lot of people don't think about. But for some, it can be really, really important. And even now in college, my name still isn't legally changed. And I've had emails where it's my dead name. And the school I go to now, they didn't even do that. They're just like, nope, that's your name. So that's your email. And so that's not in anyone's site other than people who really need to see it. And so that's the important part. I think of it is like who actually has to see it and who really doesn't have to. Thank you. Yeah. Having to bring an extra person with you to try to show these people that this was an important thing in your life that you did need help with is it's it's sad to say the least but yeah i think i think going to administration with specifics in mind of what you want to be changed like saying my email is something that a lot of other people see but maybe your student portal no one else sees so things like that to try to convince them that they're not really giving up that much but i i've I dealt with the same thing with my email. I actually got mine changed. I was the first person in my school to get my name changed on anything because I was really mean to administration basically. And I just, I kept going every single time I got the chance with different staff members every single time, reminding them that this is something that affects people and I'm not the only one who's bothered by it. 
um, and that there are other students who need that support as well who can't speak up for themselves and that's that's a really big deal it's really important that everybody has the support they need whether they're able to reach out to administration and ask for it or not those avenues should be there also i've heard of a lot of students having to just have things worked out on a one-on-one -on -one basis with teachers instead of going to their school or any higher ups in their school because that didn't really result in much for them but that is an option is just asking your teachers to use the right name and correct students if that's something that you want bathrooms in school are always a problem for trans folks i have never heard of a trans person in high school or wherever a public school at least who hasn't had the issue come up of what bathroom they're supposed to use I know that when I was in school, I got to pick what bathroom and I picked the single stalls because I didn't think I'd get beat up there. <laughs> but public bathrooms are pretty scary as a trans person. Do you have any sort of method that you use to decide whether it, you should use that bathroom or maybe do you just hold off, uh, Aiden? Um, I think for me, I transitioned in 2012, so I'm a few years behind me, but when I first transitioned, um, I would seek out either single stall bathrooms in public or go to places that I knew um, had like smaller bathrooms or stuff like that. So like Dunkin' Donuts has like single stall bathrooms or um, like Cumberland Farms has single stall bathrooms um, or places like the grocery store have smaller bathrooms if I had to go in public. Um, and then like when I was in school, um, there weren't any there were only single stall bathrooms that were for like teachers so um you either had to choose the you know regular bathrooms that had like 10 stalls in it um and i originally was told i wasn't allowed to use the men's bathroom and when i had transitioned and had short hair i actually went into the women's restroom and a teacher had yelled at me for being in the women's restroom um because they were like boys don't use this bathroom and I was like you know that's what I've been telling people too <laughs> but so that was something that happened to me and then something I just want to add to the conversation about the name change thing is I think it's important that schools make some sort of acknowledgement in your paperwork on the computer or whatever because also when you have substitutes when I was in high school like the sub list got printed out with my birth name on it and so when they were doing attendance that's what was called but um, schools in Maine now legally have to follow a student's lead so there are ways to change names on in the school system um, and I believe the DOE actually just created an entire page that shows administration no matter what program they use they it's a step-by-step -step. this is how you change names and that kind of stuff so it's important that schools are aware of that and make sure that they follow the the students lead thank you uh mocha you wanted to piggyback off of something that aiden said yes bathrooms have been like a really really not like a huge issue but they're always present like when I go somewhere I think about can I go to the bathroom here and the answer is usually no and for public restrooms I found I don't know where I found it but there's an app um where people who have the app will tell you like if it's handicap accessible if it's a single stall if it's just gender neutral if there's more than one 
people will put reviews on the bathrooms as well to like tell you like, eh, I didn't really like being here, but it's a single stall. So I guess you can. And it's called Refuge Restroom or Restroom Refuge, one of those. Um, and I found that to be very helpful on road trips because that's hard and it's a health concern for a lot of trans people as well. And I know that when I was in high school, I had gym class and I tried so hard to get out of it because I didn't want to be in any locker rooms at all. I didn't want to be around anyone. I was just like, please just leave me alone. I just want to put my basketball shorts on and half run the mile. Like, please just leave me alone. But I do, I used to change in the nurse's office because She had her own bathroom, which I just went in and changed in and then left and it was fine. And, but it was kind of, uh, like I had to run to class a little bit, which, you know, is not the best. Thank you for sharing that. That's an awesome resource. I'd actually heard of that app before and lost it. And I'm so happy that you just brought it back to me. I've also found one thing that has made public restrooms easier for me. Uh, I'm a disabled person and I often need to use the accessible stalls in public bathrooms. So if somebody else comes in, I can just hide and just stay in there for a while until I feel like it's good to leave. But that is an option if you're not taking a stall from someone who needs it. Just need that disclaimer there. Back to school a little bit, because I forgot we had another question on school stuff. Some schools have overnight field trip for graduating classes or certain clubs and activities like that. I remember that when I was in high school, I was part of a choir that had overnight trips often. And there was one person in the, the lower voice parts who wasn't comfortable with me being there as a trans person. So for my first year in that choir, I had to change independently of everybody else and sleep independently of everybody else at overnights. And that made me feel horrible at the time. Uh, And that person graduated. And after that, it was no longer an issue. And I was allowed to change where I wanted to change and sleep where I wanted to sleep. And it was up to me. But situations like that are really, really scary for young trans people having to figure out if it's safe to sleep with the classmates of your same gender, whether your school will allow you, if you even feel comfortable doing so yet. It's, it's a very difficult thing to navigate. So if, if you have any advice or maybe ideas to offer to a student who is trying to figure out how to, how to end up in, in, the, right, in the right bedroom, Aiden? Um, yeah, so again, part of the main law now is that schools have to follow students' lead. So if you're on an overnight field trip and you identify as male, say you're at a camp sleeping in tents, whatever. But if you identify as male and you want to sleep in the male bunks, they have to allow that. If there's a student in the tent or bunk room that doesn't feel comfortable with that, um, the school can offer them an alternative sleeping arrangement. Same with a bathroom. They're uncomfortable with you going to the bathroom. They can offer them an alternative, but the school can't single out a trans person and make them sleep by themselves or use a different bathroom or anything like that. So they have to honor what the trans student wants. Mocha. I kind of remembered 
what I was going to say for the bathroom and it relates to the overnight stuff and staying and sleeping and being your other classmates when you're not sure what, how you feel about it. So I did never use either gender bathroom. I used the girls once because all my friends went in there and I was just like, I'll just go to, and then we'll leave. But when I had overnight trips, no one was really concerned, probably because it was the GSA, maybe. Um, so they were like, whatever, just do whatever you're comfortable with. But even if you are still not nervous, but uncertain in those types of situations, I would say what I did was I stuck to what I wanted and what I thought was right, which is what Aiden is saying. They will let you do by main law. But even if they will let you use the bathroom that you want to use and you're still not sure, like you don't have to, you should do what you think will work for you in that moment. And that can change and that can not change. And that's completely fine because it's what you're comfortable with. And that's the important thing. And I think for me, I was just uncertain and I just stuck with my friend group who usually all use the girls restroom and like did stuff like that. So I just hung with them. And like, if there were overnight trips, I slept near them and no one cared and it didn't matter. But that was what I was specifically comfortable with because I felt better being around them. And some people don't need that or want that. And they just want their own individual thing. So I say my advice would be just do what you want to do. I know it's hard to not worry about what everyone else is thinking, because trust me, I know that so well. But I would say just do what you feel comfortable with, because your comfort is very important. And it's not just something that should be invalidated. Yeah, there's there's no one right way to feel safe or comfortable as a trans person. And you shouldn't let all of the noise make you feel like you're doing something wrong or you're somehow different than the rest of us. We're all different. That's That's the good thing. I have been asked about my pronouns so much that I just, I don't even acknowledge the question anymore because I use different sets of pronouns with different groups of people. If if you're if you're straight and you're cis, I'm not comfortable being called they them pronouns by you, but otherwise I'm fine with it. And a lot of people don't get that, which makes sense. You know, it's kind of confusing. But I don't care if somebody gets it or not. It's once again my 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 comfort and what makes me feel safe as a trans person is more important than your knowledge of pronouns and how they work. Um, just because it's just words that you're called doesn't mean it's not still an invasive question. Because I, I do have my reasons to use the pronouns that I use, and I shouldn't have to explain that to you to be respected. Uh, Mocha, you have something to say. Yes, yeah, so I was trying to think, have I been asked an invasive qu- question lately? And it's like, wow, I've been asked so many. It's not even... Okay, um, so I've been having recently more medical problems that I don't know what they are. Um, so they're fun. Um, and I had to go to the emergency room twice in one week, which uh, I had to tell my mom who would drive me. I was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Like, I don't want to do medical stuff. And she's like, well, you have to go. Like, you're really not doing well. 
So first time I go to the hospital, I'm just sitting there going through stuff. And after all that's done, I'm like, she hasn't asked anything invasive. This is awesome. Like, cool. Like score for me. And then she just turns around and looks at me and asks what it's like to be a trans person. Um, And I was like, what does that mean? I don't even know how to answer that. I don't even know what that means at all. And that is not uncommon. I think in my experience, it's just like, what does that mean for your life? And it's like, I'm a human being. I don't know what else you want me to tell you. Like I'm living. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. And another question is like, how long have you known? I feel like I've heard that one quite a bit. And it's like, if you want the honest answer, long time. You want the true answer? I didn't even know what anything was. So that's that. But that's what I think of. Um, And I think some people might forget that invasive questions aren't just from like peers or people who have authority or teachers. I don't know anything like that, but they can also happen in medical fields and in many other ways, even though they're supposedly supposed to be professional environments where you are respected and things like that shouldn't happen. That's what I think of. And that's why I don't like going to hospitals or other medical places that I don't feel 100% secure in. I've, I've also found that with hospitals, it's so difficult to be gendered correctly because there are so many people with access to more information than you want them to have just running around, not communicating with each other. I've explained to every single nurse in a room what name I use and what pronouns I 30 minutes later. It's all different nurses have to do it again. So hospitals are one of my least favorite places to navigate as a trans person. And I spend a lot of time in them, but (laughs) it's unfortunate. A lot of allies don't know what some good ways are to support trans people. If you had someone in front of you asking what they could do to support you as a trans person, what, what would help you? What would you say to them? Uh, The first thing that I can think of that's not very specific, education and advocacy. I just got goosebumps. It's just so like, I don't see a lot of cis people publicly speaking about trans issues or educating themselves or advocating for the community while still saying, yeah, I'm an ally. I'm not trans, but I still stand with you and I'm here. I feel like that would be really good for people to see as trans people, as other cis people. I can't speak for cis people, but I think in my life, I have seen cis people be supportive, but it's from a really far distance. And it's like, I'm not trans and like, cool, if you come out to me one-on-one, I'll support you, but I'm not going to like put a flag on social media or something like that, which is very interesting. And that's also depends on the person. But I think for a lot of family members, some are just very distant and that's hurtful to me. But I think being supportive and talking about trans issues, even if 
you are just there listening, you're giving people like space because many trans people can't speak about it and don't want to because they don't feel safe. So, I mean, use your privilege. That's what I think to help and uplift trans voices and people who need it, especially trans people of color. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's really important to be active as an ally and show your support in tangible ways, like supporting people when they're struggling and lifting up our voices and sharing information that you have. Uh, Java, you have something to say? Yeah. So I was just thinking a lot of people coming in as an ally, usually from an outside perspective. And in those instances, a lot of times they might be viewing trans people and issues as some other, some outside thing. When, like we've said a couple of times already, there's just people. We're all just people. And just kind of remembering that there's a human being underneath the weird clothing that you don't understand or the weird facial you know, makeup or whatever's going on that is other uh, or just doesn't seem to make sense. Just treat anybody how you would like to be treated. And just remember that the invasive questions you want to ask or the things that you might be thinking are affecting another human being. And there's somebody behind all of that stuff. So I would just urge allies to just remember that everybody is has their own life and their own story and deserves respect to be treated well. Yeah. Um, one of my go-tos when allies ask what they can do to be better allies is to always remind people that you have to be prepared for the correct thing to constantly be changing. Terminology changes all the time, as do just the way that we explain transness. And it changes based on who you're talking to as well. And expecting to always have the right answer because you have memorized it is going to make things harder for you. And it's important to always keep an open mind if you want to be supportive as an ally, because being trans can be pretty chaotic sometimes. And I can guarantee it's a lot harder for the person asking for your support than it is for you to just wrap your head around it. Aiden? I think something else that I would add is for allies to also understand that to be an ally, you don't have to know everything. It's okay to not know the answer to something and still be a supportive person. You know, as a trans person, you know, I'm not looking to educate every person I come into about my personal experience, but I'm willing to answer questions and help people find ways to educate themselves and support others too. So, I think it's just important to remember that of <clears throat> you don't need to be an expert in anything. You just have to have some humility. Thank you so much for joining us today, everyone. This has been LGBT Time with your host, Chuck, on WERU-FM, brought to you by OutMaine. Again, if you would like more information on OutMaine, you can go to outmaine.org to look at programs and such wonderful things. And for more about WERU and all the things they have, you can go to WERU.org. Thank you so much. Have a great day.